It's Thursday the 28th of April. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, I'm looking forward to catching up with you at Kinsella's tomorrow for a very special recording of Lunch with Lee. And I think there might be a couple of cold libations in there as well. <laughs> well, definitely, Timmy. We're doing a, a live Lunch with Lee with, uh, with a live audience. Um, and I've got the great George Gregan on the show with Luke Ricketts. And so I've got, a, mm. I've got a, a rugby union player with a rugby league player. And I've got a forward with a back. So it should be. And they're both handsome men, mate. So it, it mm. should, be a good, should be a good chat. Oh, absolutely, and quite timely as we embark on, on the international rugby season. And, mm-hmm. of course, Rico, 20 years since they won that 2002 premiership a- against the Warriors. They just uh, enjoyed that reunion a few days ago. So plenty to talk about. As we do on the podcast, the AFL, John Longmire, well, he was a little concerned about the way the whole Paddy McCartan story was viewed in the media. We also have plenty of rugby league. Phil Gould, what's happening there with the Bulldogs? And Lewis Hamilton the Red Bull power broker that told him to give it up. The Osher Group, our motto is winning connections. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group where a new world of excitement awaits. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach. There is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. So come find us online at www.theoshergroup.com. The Osher Group, our motto is winning connections. Dustin Martin ruled out for West Coast. It's been a wobbly old run, hasn't it, for Richmond? And and Dustin, of course, has been struggling, as you would expect, with the loss of his father. Yeah, definitely, Timmy. um, As you know, I was down in Melbourne this week, and there are a lot of Tiger supporters in Melbourne, and um, and they're pretty quiet, and they've they've had a tough, tough year. Look, I think it's the right thing to do. Dusty came back to training this week. But he's just not ready to get on a plane and fly all the way to Perth, mate. He's just a little bit underdone. They'll get him right. But the good news is, mate, it's, um, as you said, he lost his dad and he's been struggling with grief. Um, but he appears to be getting better. He's never going to be totally better, but he's getting better. And you'll see him back on the park pretty soon, I think. Yeah, that, that would be great. What a player. What an amazing player. Yep. Interesting uh, yep. start to the year, hasn't it? Um, if we look at the first six rounds, because um, some of the teams like St Kilda are right there, Brisbane right there. Yeah, big time. Well, St Kilda are uh, performing that they really sort of dug into the stats in, in the round thing. St Kilda are uh, five wins, uh, one loss, and are doing a lot well. And they're predicting that St Kilda have um, probably improved more than anyone in the AFL in the off-season uh, and a good chance of making the finals this year now. Um, you're going to see a really fantastic match, the Swans versus Brisbane, two teams both at the top of their top of their game at the moment. Uh, Swans with a couple of uh, guys, potential injuries, but um, yeah, it should be a really, really good game on Sunday there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, they were hard scenes to watch, weren't they, in the AFL Swans dressing room with Paddy McCartan, who suffered... I think it was his ninth concussion. And uh, City Swans coach John Longmire concerned over some of the change room footage. And look, I'm a bit with him. I know that we want as much insight as, as we can get into all the sport and, 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 you know, spectators want access. But there needs to be limits. There definitely needs to be limits. And um, look, this goes down to, look, Paddy has missed the last sort of three seasons due to 
uh, a number of concussions, and he's known he's been given a lifeline uh, with the Sydney Swans. So to be removed and to come off at halftime with a concussion, um, the guy's probably thinking that's the end of his career now. He's, his last chance, he's been given an opportunity. The Swans are playing well, and he feels like he's part of that team, and he has been contributing a lot. Um, it's really, really tough. And I think where John Long, Longmire was coming from is that his, his parents and his who may, may be watching the game and his his wife or his girlfriend or, or, or his really close friends can see that the pain he's going through and it can really um, affect them as well. So, yeah, whilst we'd love to get the, the cameras into the change room, it's it's at some stages there's got to be a little bit of privacy. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. The, yep. the, the thirst for that, uh, that pick, you know, the, there needs to be uh, common sense placed around it. Now, yep. tennis, Novak Djokovic, uh, look, the world is wobbling back into shape, isn't it, with crowds. We saw the huge crowd at the MCG. We're seeing crowds everywhere right around the world for sports fixtures. And with that's coming, um, you know, uh, like the, the rules in and around vaccination and COVID are dropping as well. And Novak's going to be right to play at Wimbledon. Yeah, you have to say when Wimbledon comes back to full potential, uh, the world may be back on track, Timmy. And look, we saw that with the Anzac celebrations. And yes, yeah, so Wimbledon allowing this year that uh, unvaccinated players can play. Therefore, Novak will be participating. Uh, but what you're seeing is still there'll be no Russians or, or Belarus players at Wimbledon this year. That's the only sort of ban. But unvaccinated players are very welcome. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, you're, you're, you're mates with him. So am I. Uh, I've known Michael Slater a long time. We both have. And it really is concerning, isn't it, when you're reading articles uh, in the, the latest one taken to hospital for, for, for mental health reasons? Yeah, it's really concerning. It's um, He's had, uh, I think, some issues for a long time that he's dealing with. He's spent 100, 108 days in rehab um, and has come out and has had to go, go back in. So that is very, very concerning, and I hope he gets well soon. And uh, the loss of a cricketing pioneer, a name that a lot of people may not know, but when, when it comes to West Australian cricket and international representation, uh, John Rutherford, well, he was the first, and he's passed away at the age of 92. The age of 92, the first West Australian to play, as you said, Timmy, Test Cricket. The uh, funny thing, he played one test, was a leg spinner. I think he played against India. Uh, but in a... Uh, a state game versus, I think, the West Indies in 1956. During a Shield game, he actually suffered a stroke at age 31, and that turned out to be his last game. So um, he obviously did well to to get through that and was a big part of West Australian cricket from that point on. Um, But, yeah, Vale, uh, John Rutherford, 92. When you think of some of the West Australian cricketers uh, to follow, uh, remarkable Mm. Dennis Lilly, Rod Marsh, Yep. Um, I know Adam Gilchrist was a, was an import, but uh, Damian Martin, Justin Langer, and the list just goes on and on, doesn't it? It surely does, mate. And don't forget Mike Hussey, he's right there as well. But, uh, yeah, he's done yeah. a lot. I'm sure his family uh, um, are very proud of his achievements. Brendan Julian, your mate, Joe Angel. <laughs> Joey, no, an angel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's something wrong with you and him. Did you, did, you, did, you have a, did you have a swan lager afterwards or what happened? Well, every time that um, Joey Angel bowled and you sit there at the Wacker and it wasn't many people watching Shield games back then, he had his uncle sitting right in front of our change room. Every time Joe Angel got a wicket, he like, that's my brother's boy. Mm. <laughs> shut, <laughs> shut up, mate. <laughs> oh, you yeah, no angel. All right, coming up on Afternoon Sport, it's NRL soccer and much, much more. Afternoon Sport. 
Phil Gould, um, it was interesting when they decided to give him that general manager football role at the Bulldogs. Uh, it was always going to be difficult for Trent Barrett. Now, Trent Barrett's putting on a brave face, but it looks like he's running training sessions and doing a whole lot of things. How many chefs can you have in the kitchen? Oh, we can't. This can't work. And we, 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 we said this at the start of the season, Tim. We predicted this, that at some stage, Gus will come in and, 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 and take over. And look, it's it's I must say it's quite embarrassing for for, for Trent Barrett, I think, and the fact that if, if you're going to be a, uh, a coach and a leader um, of, of a club, you know, you've got to have some say. And and Gus has just decided now he's he's giving the team a spray, which is his team. Don't mm. forget, I know he's director of football. He's giving the team a spray, and then he's saying to Trent, "Oh, you just go and sit sit back in the change room, and I'll take over training now. I'll show you how it's done." It's embarrassing. He's done it before, and it's ended badly. And it's ended badly for lots, yep. including himself. And this will end badly as well. It, 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 you imagine what the players are thinking. You imagine Josh Adokar coming up from that fantastic structure in mm. Melbourne and being part of this right now. He'd be going, what, is, what have I done? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you look at the way that Craig Bellamy has run his football team. He's 62 years of age, mm. and there hasn't been a blip, has there? There hasn't been a blip. Um, no. So, yeah, look, I wish them well. A lot of good people at the Bulldogs, but um, you would think that trying to run it, as you have correctly said, is just not going to work trying to run it like that. Now, Newcastle, talk about not going to work, um, but they're not, they're not shying away from – Melbourne Storm, of course, Andrew Johns is coaching up there. They need him to play. <laughs> they need something. Uh, we all know that the Storm are coming off. Um, they put 70 points on the Warriors. Never been done before, 70 points. And, uh, and Newcastle are coming off some pretty, with some pretty poor form. Um, I think Newcastle will perform better than the Warriors did against the Storm. But the Storm, to me, are just really starting to hit, they hit their straps. And, uh, yeah, I dare say there's going to be 30 points in this. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be you know, all 70 to 10 over the Warriors. Boy, oh boy. Um, look, lots of these Premier League sides are coming out to Australia. It's great to see. Look, my son, well, one of my sons is a huge Manchester United fan, so we're going to duck down to Melbourne in July when they play Crystal Palace, but we're, we're looking at other clubs like Leeds, Aston Villa. They're, they're playing at Suncorp in July. They are. It's a, it's a three-match sort of pre-season series involving the A-League team, Brisbane Raw. So, yeah, Aston, mm. um, Aston Villa are coming out uh, and also Leeds. So, uh, for football Premier League fans, and there's a lot of them out here in Australia, uh, it's great for them and great for the young kids to go along. I think we've said before, Timmy, that the standard that these guys play at are something extraordinary and uh, to see them live is really something to behold. Oh, yeah, the way they move, just silky, absolutely unbelievable. Now, um, it's very difficult to tell any legend or superstar to stop doing what they do, but uh, it's interesting, this conversation around Formula One and uh, the changing of the guard, particularly this year, uh, but we read today about a Red Bull power broker who told Lewis Hamilton he should quit before the season from hell, and it's turning out that way. Yep, well, I think... You know, Lewis Hamilton was probably close to actually making that decision. We know that he took time off after mm. um, you know, he thought he was robbed of his eighth world title. and um, But this year, it's just gone from bad to worse. He's currently – we finished 13th in the last Grand Prix, I think, and he's now out of the out of the world championship. So, yeah, it's been a really, really tough season. And I think, oh, I think there's a bit of tongue-in-cheek too from his Red Bull power broker after he left there and went to Mercedes. So there's no love lost between those two, that's for sure.
And Shane, what about netball? It was always quite genteel, wing attack, gold attack, goalkeeper, uh, but <laughs> there's been a dust-up. Mate, have you ever been on the side of a netball court down in Oak Flats? <laughs> Do you, mate? They, they, they are very, very fiery, and you're seeing it. Um, it was it was a match just, uh, I think we're, we're hotting up into the season now, halfway through, but the Swifts versus the Lightning, and it was Sophie Fawns and Kate Walsh, and uh, old Kate Walsh brought out the old karate chop on, on, on Kate Fawns. So uh, they're getting very, very physical, getting up in each other's face. And, um, yeah, there's no love lost definitely between those two teams. All right. Now, to wrap it up today, um, being a selector, have you ever been a selector, Shane? And, and look, I look at representative teams and my, my children all play sport and, and, I, and I look at these roles um, – Boy, to be hard. It's really, really tough. I have, I've only been a selector when I was playing grade cricket for Mossman. I haven't done that at uh, state or, or Australian level. Um, but it's really, really tough. But I think as a player, the difference in calls that you get, I remember getting a call, um, I think it was from Trevor Holmes, saying that I was not being selected on the tour for the Australian team. And um, that's a really, really tough call to get. And you sort of, you hang the phone up and you sort of just sit there on your own for an hour and just sort of, I don't know, glaze into the into your future and, and decide what that means to you and how you're going to deal with it. I've also got the call when I was first selected for Australia mm. and I, I remember drinking Jager bombs straight <laughs> after and dancing with a chair. So it's, <laughs> they're two very different calls, Timmy. Rooster one day, feather dust the next. <laughs> you know, some days are diamonds, some <laughs> days are stones. And I'm sure when you got the call uh, to say, it's a bit like any career, I suppose, or like having a media mm. career. Uh, I remember there's there's times where someone said, oh, mate, you've got this role, you're about to do it, we're going to launch it, it's going to be in, and then you get another phone call saying, no, we've gone some, with someone else. <laughs> there's always there's always a bit of that muttly swearing underneath the breath too, isn't there? Mate, the, the, the key is enjoy it while you've got it and enjoy it while you can. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors, the Yosha Group. Timmy, they'll be there on Friday too. Great sponsor and supporter of the Afternoon Sports Group. And, of course, a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. Join us for our Afternoon Sport Racing Bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app. What I'm backing and why. Happy punting.